And now, members of the NWR, Sting has come down from the top of the MGM Grand. And Sting single-handedly has run up. Oh, who do, oh Kurt Hennig. My God, it's Kurt Hennig. Could that be the impact player? It's got to be. That be. Could that be Dallas Page's mystery partner? I don't know. I, I, I mean, don't know. If there's any impact player in the world, it's Kurt Hennig. Raven's over the steel and guardrail. Raven is out as well. Vince, we are out of time. We got to go. It's June 30th, 1997. Star Fox 64 hits the shelves. Mike Tyson takes a bite out of Alexander Holyfield. And the Simpsons begin airing in the Republic of Ireland for the very first time. This is the Federation Podcast. I'm Tyler Fudge. I'm Travis Fudge. And this is Federation on Shuffle, WCW Nitro number 94. You can follow us on Twitter at the Federation. You can follow Travis on Twitter at... FudgeOnUp333. Facebook and Instagram at the Federation Podcast. T-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. Patreon and PayPal. You can become a fine member of our Fudge family. Uh, PayPal is Federation or the Federation Podcast at gmail.com. And Patreon is Federation Podcast. And you can become just oh so important to us. Just like Savage Fudge, Fat Superman Fudge, Wooly Fudge. And he wants to be called Father Manal for a dollar. Trucks Fudge. And not to forget the music by uh, Mitch Woolridge at soundcloud.com slash Woolridge Audio. Travis, how are you? I'm good. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> that's, that's, good. Uh, that's a lot of goods. So not bad. Not okay. Bad. Tyler, yes. did you say Alexander Holyfield? Is it not Alexander Holyfield? I'll probably cut that out. <laughs> I believe it is a Vander. It's a Vander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the entire time you did that intro, I had that in the back of my head, like Alexander Holyfield. Yeah, no, that was wrong. He is not Alexander Holyfield. No, no, that he is (laughs) not. Look at this. Look at this. Starting off the show. Deep cut. Deep. Deep cut. Do you remember in uh, like oh five oh six when Matt Hardy teamed up with Evander Holyfield on like a Saturday Night's main event? No, I do not at all. In the not MVP feud? No, I don't you think did I was not? watching okay. much wrestling uh, then. Like, not, not like, uh, I don't know. I was only watching, like, uh, TNA, actually. Okay. Well, I, 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 I am pretty sure it happened. Maybe it is just as false of a lie as Alexander Holyfield is, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there's any way to tie Evander a, a Holyfield into wrestling, that is the way, other than you know, the fact that the guy that still has his ear in his uh, intestinal region appears on a WrestleMania in a couple months. But anyways, uh, Travis, the Simpsons, though, they uh, they did not air in Ireland past the shorts of the Tracy Ullman show until 1997. Well, they got a lot of catching up to do. They act. Uh, oh, I can't. I should have written down what the episode was, but it wasn't the first episode. That's a shame because they could have gotten all of the glory years for another seven years. And then they wouldn't even have to see where it goes off a cliff until like, damn, damn, like 2004. That would have been good. That would have been nice. 
Uh, we can talk about a couple small news stories that I have here that don't really fit anywhere else. Stan, the man Stasiak, the master of the heart punch, died on June 19th at 4 a.m. at the age of 60. With all due respect, how did they know he died at 4 a.m.? Like, like at that age, how many people are up at 4 a.m. to know, hey, he died at 4 a.m.? Well, you, you can, uh, they, they can uh, pinpoint it roughly with uh, rigor mortis and certain things in the body, how much blood is pooled. You know, there's there's ways. Or him and Sean just going to Planet Stasiac and Sean had to call the police or something like that. That happened? It's possible. It's possible. You know, uh, he could have been in the hospital and died. He had the number written down on his mother's back. Planet <laughs> Stasiac. <laughs> uh, the announcement of uh, the retirement of Ricky Choshu happened on the same day. As uh, the death of Stan the Man Stasiak. So, you know, maybe there's a correlation to be made there. Maybe the the wrestling spirit, the fighting spirit of Ricky Choshu choked the life out of Stan Hansen. Who knows? It's it's very possible. It is. It is. It's wrestling. You, you, you would never know. But Ricky Choshu uh, plans on wrestling eight more matches before retiring on the January 4th, 1998 uh, Tokyo Dome show. Hmm. He gets yeah. the um, the juice and liquor treatment. Yes, yes. He's citing uh, the retirement due to an injury to his right shoulder, which has made it damn near impossible to uh, lift his uh, famous uh, lariat. So like, he has a hard time doing a lariat with a bad shoulder. So I figure it's time to quit. Man, you're telling me, Ricky Choshu. <laughs> like, whenever I try and do a lariat with my right shoulder, I can just feel <laughs> those bone spurs going. Ah, I mean, if anyone understands your pain, Ricky Choshu, it's me. Me. Me, Ricky Choshu. Grizzled veteran, Travis Fudge. Uh, you know, as uh, Sex Ferguson says, grizzled young vet. Yeah. yeah grizzled young vet, yeehaw. And, uh, and, and he's back now. He he's is. back now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that hurt. My right ear, because like I hear it in stereo, so I'm in the left. You're in the right. My right ear is just a ringing. I I have I have, um, yeah yeah. You carry on. Thank you, thank you for allowing me to do so, sir. Uh, we might as well get into the Shut show. The fuck off. <laughs> WCW Monday Nitro number ninety four. This is from June thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven, from Las Vegas, Nevada, on the MGM Grand Arena. There is eight thousand two hundred and thirty seven people in attendance. How many people do you think paid, Travis? Seven thousand eight hundred and fifty two. Jesus Christ! You know you're you're close. It was seven thousand two hundred fifty one. Okay. Yeah, not bad. Uh, the gate would be one hundred fifty six thousand one hundred eighty seven dollars, uh, and the, it was actually only a few hundred shy of a sellout. So, if they could have just gotten a couple more people, not too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby indeed. Mind you, they've been building this nitro up for about a month, so I hope that it is pretty much stacked to the rafters. Yeah, and actually, uh, the first day sales for this nitro drew 2,046 tickets. So they basically made half of their gate almost just in that time alone, first day. So it's not bad. Not too, not bad, not bad. 
And as for a TV rating, it did a 3.3. My stoned ass forgot to get what Rod did, but I'm sure it did like a 2.2. We know it didn't do better, so. We know it definitely didn't do better. Uh, I've gotten over comparing the ratings between the two shows anyways. Uh, I I know which show I like more. I don't need ratings to tell me which show is better. (laughs) You know, like it's not WCW. I can tell you that right now. It's like Scour and IMDBE for a movie that you like just based off of the ratings, you know? So. Yeah, if, if you're going to go by the IMDB rating, well, guess what? You're going to watch a three-hour-long, slow-build drama movie, really? Not yeah. going to be my yeah. jam. Not my jam at all. But, Travis, there are some dark matches to be had here tonight, and uh, it's it's the group of, uh, of wrestlers is... Well, they're riddled all over the actual show of Nitro as well. Uh, Glacier takes on Wrath. He actually defeats him by DQ. Wrath would also have a match on Nitro. There was a six-man tag. Hector Garza, Juventud Guerrera, and Silver King take on La Parca, Psychosis, and Volano 4. Was it both? Three of them would have a match on Nitro. Yes, three of them would have a match, and uh, another one would show up to do a chair shot. And then there would be a... That is true. Yes, and there would be a World Cruiserweight title match between Chris Jericho and Six, and Six would would lose via DQ. Huh. Yeah. Well, I, I guess they needed to give that uh, give the fans that match again that they didn't get on Saturday that they <coughs> didn't see. Well, yeah, because it was a fucking internet only pay per view. Is this one of their? Uh, o- this is one of their audio only shows. Yeah, yeah, this is just an audio only show. Chris Jericho wins the uh, the title, and I believe this was in L.A. And yeah, it was. WWF was running L.A. the same night. Well, if you really want to see six or six lose the cruiserweight title to Chris Jericho on that show, you can watch it on YouTube. Is it a fan cam? It is a fan cam. Yes. Huh. Is it the whole show? No, but you can watch a fifteen-minute Chris Jericho six match from <laughs> L.A. Fair enough. In nineteen ninety-seven. So, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen footage of a WCW house show. Ah, well, it was dimly lit. I mean, it looked like a 1997 house show. You know, that's pretty much all I could say. I didn't see the crowd or anything like that, but I'm sure if they were doing a show in L.A., then they at least had a decent turnout. But you never know. Well, uh, I, I can say for up until a couple days before the show, the WWF and WCW were actually neck and neck in ticket sales. So, Ooh. Yeah. So it was it was kind of like a, you know WWF thought of it as you know a victory you know to not actually be outbeat by the the company that's outdrawing them on TV. Once again, do ratings really matter? Ah. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure that their live event sales, the VHSs that they could sell, you know, Coliseum Video, all that kind of jazz. Well, it was, like, I remember as a kid, you've seen it everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like. They were just completely down to the dumps. I'm sure that there were all kinds of factors that were selling way better than WCW shit. Like, how many people had WCW tapes over WWF tapes? Well, I mean, I know I can only speak for my area and and just the the amount you'll see online on second sellers. But 
it seems like there was definitely more of the WWF tapes in circulation than WCW. Because I know I remember going into Walmart and it was like, what? A WCW tape? Right? Like, well, I think when we got that Great American Bash tape. Yeah, you immediately pick it up. Same thing with an ECW tape, anything yeah. like that, where it's like, holy shit, this is not WWF, so I really want to see it. <laughs> um, I think I bought XPW Season 1 yeah. just because of that. Um, so I I think what I was going to bring up was that, do you remember when we got that big crate of tapes back in like 07? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. I had that all forgot about. Okay, that crate of tapes, there was like 30. Okay, actually, it had a WrestleMania 1 to 13 box set. So I'm going to say there might have been 40 tapes in there from 1985 to 1999. What and happened there were probably. It wasn't ours. Oh. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, guy that dad worked with. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, my point is. That is across the country, and there were only like two WCW tapes in there out of forty. So, yeah. Do you remember what Just, WCW tapes it was? Uh, there was a World War Three, full World War Three. I think it might have been ninety-seven or ninety-eight, and uh, um, there was a best of. Like just okay. the best of a, another pay per view, not best of Great American Bash, but another best of like Halloween Havoc or something. I got you. I I briefly remember it because I. Uh, I, uh, that was, that was the year we moved here. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. exact year. Yeah. That was dope. That was yeah. dope. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And also <laughs> now that that blew my mind, I hadn't, I haven't thought of that in years. <laughs> uh, but, uh, this show, it starts off like a, uh, like a traditional WCW show, not an NWO Eric Bischoff show, but like a WCW show from like 1989, 1990. Where Ric Flair comes out with two ladies, you know, got a mannequin as well, dressed as Piper. Now, the last time we got together to talk about WCW, Flair and Piper were friends. Travis, what happened? Okay, so Ric Flair uh, left him. Yes, yes. In that tag match at the yes. main event, and I'm yep. pretty sure... Uh, well, Rick's just been kind of a heel ever since, so... Well, I'm... they, they kind of they made up, and then... Uh, you know, then look, I'm I'm gonna give you my honest answer, and that is most of the Ric Flair promos on the Nitros were long, and I kind of tuned out of them because I, I was you. watching like four Nitros at once, <laughs> really stoned. You know, as much like his promos that he would cut here tonight, like this opening one here, uh, the the actual, in my opinion, uh, better parts of it was. The ladies and what they would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Why do they call him Hot Rod? Because he's definitely not hot. It's like, whoa. The crowd even starts to boo. I know. I know. And there's one point where Gene, he asked one of the girls, Ric Flair is a 60-minute man. And one of these girls who, I mean, look, there's some fucking really, really, really smoking women in wrestling, but these girls look like complete, like, Victoria's Secret model type shit, you know? Like, the, the, you can tell they're not wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. 
And he asks her about this 60 minute man thing. And she's puzzled, bamboozled. And then she says, what? Yeah. And then the other one, the one that said that Roddy's not hot, chimes in and says, more like 30 seconds. And then yeah. Mean Gene has to save it. Because he's like, oh, you must be talking about Roddy. I meant Ric Flair. <laughs> you know, this is about as... Um, it was cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah, it was about as cringeworthy and about as unexperienced when it comes to the people involved as the HLA segment back in, like, 2002. Yeah, but then they start to strip Mean Gene. The ladies start to take his clothes off. That's gimmick infringement from woman. She's the only one allowed to touch Mean Gene that way. Exactly. God that's why, right. you know. She... This show starts off with a match. Uh, WCW Cruiserweight title match, the second Cruiserweight title match this crowd has seen tonight. And the second one in a row, actually. Do you think the Chris Jericho six match happened after the show or before? Honestly, I have no idea. It doesn't say. It just says those are dark matches. So okay, that's it's fair. possible, but I mean... Would they really put that as, like, the main, main event? You know what I mean? The last match you see, Chris Jericho you, versus Six. Now that you mention it, I don't think they would because Kurt Henning and Raven and everyone were still yeah. out there when the show went off. Yeah. Ah, well, you know, foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> the more we talk, the more we flesh it out. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, Jericho defeated Six for the title, uh, you know, two nights ago. Uh, but uh, this match, to me... Is six minutes of what can Hoovy fuck up next? He was having a bad night. He was. He was having a very bad night. Uh, maybe he's not used to working two times in one night. Maybe he's gassed. Yeah, he could be. He could be gassed. Or maybe he worked the dark match, took a couple shots of tequila, and, you know, just all of a sudden found out, oh, shit, I work against Chris tonight. <laughs> it's just in his high-pitched voice. Back then, it was a very high pitched voice. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing the impersonation. No, no, no. There's no need. No need. No need to uh, get uh, get people fired up, Travis. <laughs> but uh, Hoovy would uh, slip, attempting a springboard. Uh, he does recover it really well, but it's it. You can every one of his fuck ups are very noticeable. Uh, he also looked to have landed on, on his head a few times. Uh, he, yeah. he a couple of those power bombs look pretty stiff. Uh, who we would attempt a springboard drop kick and he slips again. And at this point, he punches the mat and he's yeah. really angry. You could see it. Yeah, you can see he's hot at it. Uh, who we then barely hits a 450 splash that Tony would call a 360 somersault. And uh, this is when Jericho. That was a, it's beautiful. It, <laughs> Even think this is when he would get power bombed and his his head looks like it hits the mat. Uh, but yeah, I know it's it's a, it was a fun match, but I mean, there's way too many fuck ups for it to be a good match. Well, I thought it made Jericho look good. Well, yes, it made Jericho look like you know champ. compared to Hoovy. Yeah, but he did he did pull out some cool stuff. Uh, Jericho pulled out the double power bomb, which is a cl- yep. instant classic for me. I I love that. Uh, yeah. He hit Hoovy with a super Frankensteiner, yeah. which was pretty cool. And he won with his new move he debuted two weeks ago with Lion Tamer. Hasn't perfected it yet. Not with the knee and junk. Nah, nah, nah. 
But yeah, uh, yeah. Hoovy, poor guy. What the fuck? This was really weird. Really weird. Watch him one by one. Botch, botch, botch. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Hoovy gains a bit of momentum. His big move, botch. Hoovy gains a bit of momentum. Big move, botch. So, yeah. Could you imagine being out there and having like two botches behind you that were pretty substantial and then you still have to go for a 450 splash? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> kind of be daunting. <laughs> oh, absolutely oh, man. I just pull out a leg drop or something be like fuck it kill <laughs> team leg drop sorry psychosis <laughs> uh, the, the, after the match Jericho would cut a promo in the MWO Six would make his way to the ring I think he's drunk uh, he talks <laughs> about how he's still champ and then the two basically brawl through commercial break we come back and we've got Doss Wonderkin, and he tries to cut an interview. This is all fantastic. I thought this was. I loved Alex. Alex Wright. I loved it. I like him better as a heel. Is it just made no sense? Because I was expecting us to come back from break and everything's cleared up. New segment. Move forward. But no, no, no. We still have to deal with this. Yeah. Six does not want to leave. No, no. He he he's he thinks he's cruiserweight champion. There's no footage of it, bro. Oh, oh dude. Th- isn't the this is what they wanted to do with um another guy in WCW this year. So they could uh keep Hogan as champ. And something remember. tells me Nash says in one of those kayfabe commentaries that it was supposed to be Sting at Starcade. Oh, but I I don't I don't even know. It was either him or Lex, but yeah, Flexi Lexi. Oh man, <laughs> DDP. <laughs> Fucking gross. It's stupid. Uh, we'll get more into that later. Uh, but no, Alex Alex Wright shows up and he says that you know he doesn't get any interview time, so he needs some interview time, and it was crazy because he's got such a great body. And then uh, Gene would quickly cut the Tony, and just, so we we can't talk. I can't talk to you no more. And just we go over to Tony, and they announce it over to Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Must be a great match, right? Well, I mean, Eddie's just coming back from an injury. I guess you could use that as an excuse, but yeah, this is not what I I would expect one bit. God damn! No, and it it. it it doesn't help that it's a four minute match, three minutes and 59 seconds to be exact. So, you know, this would become a running theme throughout the show. This timestamp, it's, it's, it's my problem with this episode. Honestly, the, the, the angles going through it. Yeah, sure. They're cool. Uh, there is overuse of some characters in my opinion, but the matches really kill it for me, especially when every match, this is the WCW trend. Now. Every match is a fuck finish. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that it was paced well for the first bit, and then I realized that this is how the entire show is going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so once I got to hour two, my interest really dropped because every match was the exact same thing. You'd get the same interviews, the same segments. Yeah. And it, this was a show that was gearing up for the main event because they made you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait for who this impact player is that they've building up for a month. 
And yeah, it's literally the only thing they have. Yeah, and when you see Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero on the show, you're like, oh fuck yeah, Eddie Guerrero's back. He's been injured. He's had that like dislocated elbow now for however long. So I was really excited to see this. And well, yeah, I mean Eddie Guerrero ambushed Dean Malenko as soon as he entered. So I think that that kind of um, set your sights on a what was to happen for the rest of this match. Yeah, and and it's Eddie being his heel character, and and now I will say he immediately looks like a heel. No, he hasn't changed anything, but he looks like a heel now. I don't know what it is. It's just his persona, his attitude. You know, um, I'll tell you what I think it is. What what it is is that you know since he was injured, I don't know what the fuck happened, but he stumbled upon a gold mine of charisma. <laughs> all of a I sudden. think it's the heel character. So all, yeah, yeah. He just all of a sudden got to be an asshole, and he was like, you know, you know ten times amplified in personality. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's crazy what a small change can do for a character. Now he just needs to get rid of that white fucking suit. Eddie Guerrero has a baby face. Like once he became popular, he was never like a vanilla good guy. He was always, you know, like. He's the anti-hero. He lies and cheats and steals. So he's never been a good guy ever. He's always been that bad guy that you like. He's like he's like Steve Austin, but he's Mexican. <laughs> he lies, he cheats, and he steals. He doesn't drink beer, but not anymore anyways. He just likes God a lot. You know? Yeah, he just, just praises Jesus. Uh, this match, you know, would just go back and forth. Uh... Chava would come to the ring. This distracts G- Dean Malenko, and uh, he would end up getting shoved into Chavo. And then, you know, brainbuster, frog splash, win. Yep, that was uh, that was it. I I thought Eddie was ten times better, as I said, than he has been the entire time that he's been in WWE since like fucking nineteen ninety five. So it's yeah. about damn time that they give him some pers- personality. They don't make him out to be. Uh, you know, a vanilla midget, as Kevin Nash would say. <laughs> well, well, Travis. Well, well, well. They should probably think about giving a little bit of that character to poor old Rey Mysterio. Because. Spring break, woo! <laughs> I, I don't care if you like this promo or if you hated it. I feel like I need to show this promo. Because it is the most void of... This is Jeff Farmer-esque. It's so bad. Yeah, Ray has a lot of uh, work to do when it comes to promo work. (laughs) Yeah. He's got a lot of work to do. So let's... There is a sprinkling of Kevin Nash. I have uh, diced this up to be a a consumable uh, length. So here we go. That's right, me, Gene. There's only one thing I gotta say. I'm tired of being pushed around by Kevin Nash and the rest of the Wolf Pack. I mean, first, I was thrown into a trailer. Like a dart. And then a couple weeks ago on this same show, (laughs) Nitro, I come out trying to have a match with six. I get jackknifed from behind. Horrible. I don't know how you walked away from that one. We all know yeah, there's a difference from in size. <laughs> Seven foot, over 300 pounds. 
5'4", 150 pounds. There's only one thing I gotta know. What, what, what are you suggesting, Ray? I gotta know if I could beat Kevin Nash, and I wanna challenge him tonight! You got a bigger heart than me, little man. How about tonight, I do a little autopsy. We see what you got, huh? I'm not afraid. It ain't about size. It's about courage, and it's about man. And I am a man, and I could take you. I could take you. Oh, my. Aaron, we, we have got a match. I think I can. I think I can. See, acepto, little man. That means they're going to meet. Come on. That means a yes. I get it tonight. <laughs> I get it tonight. Ray Mysterio, you said, you, that motherfucker said he had one thing to say. <laughs> one thing. I could have dealt with him just saying one thing, but the motherfucker had to keep going and going and going and going and going and going. I'm really fucking embarrassed. Oh, man. You got Jackknife from behind, huh, Ray? Yep. I think Gene Oakland caught up on that one where he said, huh, don't know how you ever came back from that one. <laughs> Oh, it's such a fucking fantastic promo to listen to. It's just... like, it, it, Tyler, okay, sorry. No. It's it's like if, if Aaron Carter and Tommy Wiseau came up with a promo together and they got Tommy Wiseau to write it and Aaron Carter to actually, like, do the promo. Yeah, we're talking about pre-drugs Aaron Carter and we're talking about, like, 1999 Aaron Carter, right? Like Aaron's party. We're, we're talking about Aaron Carter the same time period, June 30th, 1997. I don't think right. he was a, a singer at this point in time, Travis. I don't, I don't, yeah, it doesn't have any relevance to being a singer. It just means, you know, how we would probably sound June 30th, 1997. <laughs> okay. okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I got you. He just sounds like Aaron Carter, you know? <laughs> just, he just sounds like Aaron Carter. <laughs> I can't picture in my head what he sounds like, but I will say I did in my head envision Tommy Wiseau under the mask during this. Kevin Nash, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> but anyways, enough about this Ray Mysterio promo. Eric Bischoff, he decides now right after this, it's time to ride motorcycle to the ring and have Hollywood Hogan walk behind him. Now, like, what the fuck? Eric's the one on the motorcycle? Really? Why? Oh, man. Now, who thinks highly of themselves here? Is it is it Hogan? Is it Eric? Or is it both of them? Like, I can't tell because, like, all the air is being choked up in the room. <laughs> By smog. Due to, like, inflated heads and smugness and smog and... Jesus fucking Christ. What the fuck's going on with Hogan? Was he huffing spray paint backstage? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, seriously, look so at fake. his face, man. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Dude, like, he, the fucker literally just, like, splatted just for men on his fucking cheeks. It, it, it didn't look like facial hair. You're right. It did not. Uh, he, he looked awfully fucking weird. 
Uh, but just like, why does Eric Bischoff come in a motorcycle? It just makes no fucking sense. Why would he? But I, I'm pretty sure Hogan probably doesn't know how to ride a motorcycle. That's probably true. You're probably right. I mean, he did ride Undertaker's motorcycle in 02, I think. But he oh no, he got choked. He got he got he got dragged by it that's by right. his throat. That's right. He did. Uh, I remember that now. Yep. So maybe that should have happened. Maybe maybe Eric should have done that. <laughs> should have just dragged him to the ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Travis, if he drug him to the ring, then we wouldn't get Hogan talking about Rod the Bod, Flexi Lexi, DDPP, and the Brotherhood. <laughs> oh, he also calls Rey Mysterio a magician. A magician. <laughs> and that uh, and that stinky and war-infested giant. <laughs> Travis, let's not forget the Brotherhood. You're missing a key figure here. The Brotherhood. Is that uh, Harlem Heat? <laughs> Klansman? He calls the NWO the Brotherhood. And the oh, Brotherhood oh. is the name of the Ku Klux Klan. They're, they call themselves but the Brotherhood. They, they got Vincent. <laughs> they got Vincent. I mean, it's very ironic that Hulk Hogan, of all people, over the last couple of years, is the one throwing around the name Brotherhood. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but he also says he's, he then goes on to say he's going to party all night with the Brotherhood, and he's going to leave tonight up to the Wolf Pack, and then he gives everybody a gun show, and we go away. That's that's grim. <laughs> he's he's going to leave everything up to the Wolf Pack. Travis, you got a guess of what? this time stamp is on this match three minutes and 15 seconds three minutes and 36 seconds steven regal and hector garza this match again another match not given enough time to even start to get going garza would have a couple good spots uh but uh, he would manage to almost kill himself in the process doing a corkscrew splash that regal was uh yes out of place for so the funny thing about all this is that they showed footage of Hector Garza's corkscrew plancha before this match, highlighting how awesome it is. And when he goes to attempt it in this match, he fucks it up. I, I thought that is is that irony? Because that sounds like irony. <laughs> yeah, they highlight something that he's really good at. And he fucks it up. Yeah. An oxymoron. I don't. I don't know. It, I don't it's know. not an oxymoron. I think it's 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 a it's, phrase. It's, it's a phrase it's, that it's means a, something. I think it could be irony, isn't it? Ironic. You know, I mean, if you say it like that, isn't it ironic? The day they highlight his corkscrew moonshot, he fucks it up. So therefore, it's irony. You know what Sweet. I mean? Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for validating. Me. Thank you. you th- no, no problem. Thank you for uh, validating my uh, oh. somewhat. Uh, Small knowledge of the uh, English language. Yeah, no worries. I couldn't hear a damn word you just said right there, computer man. (laughs) 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 Gotta love these uh, isolation recordings. Gotta love them. Friday night, 8.50 p.m. Could we have picked the worst night to record? Well, I mean, I know my neighbors aren't uh, aren't using up my bandwidth because they're all fucking partying out there, like yeah. eight different groups of them. Yeah, well, yeah. Social distancing, right? Yes, yeah, let, let's let's do some social distancing. Let's <laughs> let's, let's shut the town down. No, let's all party in one little in one little yard. 
<laughs> I mean, heaven over here is not social distancing at all because you know what's a good thing about Cloud 69? Cloud 69 is nothing but venereal diseases, and so a rubber will stop that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so Garza would attempt the lion salt. Real gets his knees up. He locks in a real stretch. He picks up the victory, retaining his TV title. Three minutes, 36 seconds. Yeah, the Stoners, they come out and they're, they're BDSM best. Like they're ready for Sturgis in August. Oh, oh, they're, they're pre-ready. They're going to be chafed by the time Sturgis comes wearing that all through June, July. And whew. That doesn't sound like a good time to me. Oh, they got bashed at the beach, man. God damn. Yep, yep. Imagine wearing leather tights at the beach. Whew. Nope. <laughs> Never. Ever. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh they would come out they're they're there with me and Gene. They're there to uh to challenge the outsiders. They would uh then come out the outsiders, I mean, to the NWB squad music. And then you could tell, obviously, that somebody was like, oh, no, I fucked up. Played the wrong NWO music. And he slowly tries to transition it into the NWO. You can hear the NWO theme start to come in. And then the other one starts to go out. There's been something off about the NWO all night because... When Six came out for the Chris Jericho interview and when Nash came out for the Rey Mysterio promo, all that happened was that that NWO guy just said, New World Order. And they just came out. No music, nothing like that. It was just New World Order. <laughs> New World Order. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I kind of like that, though. You know what I mean? It's like you're coming out, you're going to walk for about seven seconds tops. We don't need a song. I like it, but it definitely um, adds to the fact that, you know, it's just been a weird, it's been a weird night. You I know, Hoovy, the, the NWO shit. Bad. Yeah, the NWO stuff's bad. Uh, but I was kind of expecting to get, you know, I was banking on a Steiner's promo through and through. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. We're going to get Scott, he's going to fuck up a bunch of words, and then we're going to get Rick, and he's just going to fucking just be the absolute goddamn craziest thing you've ever heard. But we get really nothing, and I kind of felt a little robbed. Well, Tyler, nah, the thing is, is that it was the actions that they did, not the words that they said in this little segment here, because the Steiners are so fucking stupid as good guys that they didn't read a contract handed to them by the NWO. Yes. Yes, that's that is uh, that is very true. Uh, mean Gene goes to try to read said contract, and Hall would point out that they signed a contract that stated that they had to beat Masahiro Chono and the Great Muda before taking on the Outsiders. And man, if it wasn't coming from Scott Hall, this match would sound like like a match that would be awesome to see in the Tokyo Dome. You know, oh, like. Yeah. Over on the other side of the uh, over on the other side of the world, this would be an awesome match to see. Maybe not '97, but in like 1992, amazing. I don't know where Chono was in '92, but you know, regardless <laughs> of that fact. But we will see it 
it is a match that will be at Bash of the Beach. And it actually has a decent rating. Most matches at Bash of the Beach have a pretty decent rating, honestly. Well, I mean, when you got to follow up with Kevin Green versus Mongo, then you don't really have a lot to uh, to live up to. No, no, no. We'll get into the, the uh, card of Bash at the Beach a little bit later on. Uh, Travis, what happens next? We get some more Lucha action. We get it's Super Callow taking on Psychosis. And, well, once again, you would think that this match would be fun. Yeah. Fun as hell, in fact. Because Super Calo, probably one of the coolest parts about doing this arc is finding out how awesome Super Calo actually was. <laughs> just reckless and, abandon, just falls to the wall. Goddamn, and those glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Psychosis is uh, in an awkward phase right now. He's a heel. He's good at being a heel, but he's with Sonny Ono, and this all happened out of nowhere, and I still don't like it very much. I'm with and, you. Also, there's another there's another little fact to bring up that Laparka took Super Callow out with a chair weeks back, and this is Callow's first match back on WCW since then. Yes, and this is kind so, of kind of the beginning of the uh, Laparka chair thing in in the states. That's what I thought too. That that's what I thought kind of um, was the antithesis. Antithesis. There you go. <laughs> yeah, for uh, for that whole gimmick was what is being laid out in these coming weeks right now. But to, I mean, to get into this really short match, Tyler, psychosis, he psychs out Callow ringside, causes Ono to attack him outside the ring. You like what I did there with the uh, psychosis psychs him out? Yeah, Not yeah, bad. Yeah. Not awesome. bad. I can't tell you good. what that's called, but it's called something. It's called something. But yeah. then Psychosis uses his seal tactics to thwart any chance Cowell has of offense, eventually sending him to the outside to go for an axe handle off the top rope to the outside, but he hits the guardrail. Back Very in smooth. ring, Cowell hits... Uh, it, oh, wow. It looked devastating, but at the same time, you knew that Psychosis wasn't hurt because he didn't fuck it up as bad as Hoovy fucked up all of his shit <laughs> But uh, Cowell tries to suplex... Um, Psychosis back into the ring and Ono ends up grabbing Psycho or uh, Super Calo's legs in the process and uh, yeah Psychosis gets the win with this assisted heel pin you you spoke about that <laughs> match longer than uh, we spoke about many other matches and this match is actually one of the shortest of the night at 2 minutes and 40 seconds this one doesn't even crack the 3 minute mark I just used a lot of words, you know. You did a good you did a good job. I was riveted. I was riveted, sir. La Parka, he would end up coming out and uh swinging a chair. He uh Hoovy would then come to the ring and they would have a mini brawl and go to break and that was it. Yeah, and he had a wooden chair too, eh? Yeah. 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 A wooden I chair that it looked, broke apart. That looked way better than a steel chair. Yeah, it kind of has, you know, the, the fact that it breaks, it kind of adds to the, the dramatic uh, effect. Yeah, I like that a lot. And you know what? I like seeing La Parca on TV more, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's going to start ramping up here because, well, I mean, Ray's not going to be around for a while. So kind of got to get some more bodies oh, in. Is he get Is he injured? 
Well, no, but remember, uh, I believe at the bash, the Great American Bash episode, we spoke about how Ray went to the doctor and his knees were a little bit jacked, but uh, he didn't need surgery. Oh, um, well, if he does leave, he'll definitely be back for the fall because he has that stellar match with Eddie Guerrero at Halloween. He's only gone for two months. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not that long. Tyler, do you think Hoovy redeemed himself coming out to uh, help Super Calo? I mean, he didn't fuck anything up. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting, man. I was waiting for him to come out and just be like, "Come on, come on, Me go too. for like a go go for a midsection kick and just slip like Conan does <laughs> later on." <laughs> Look, too. I don't want to point this out, but the three people that fuck things up royally bad in obvious ways on this show or Juventud Guerrera, Hector Garza and Conan. Yeah. Yeah. But also they're the only ones taking risks. Now, mind you. Yeah. Conan, Conan. go for that. Uh, <laughs> go, Conan. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Tell me what, what risk Conan was taking. Come on. Tell me <laughs> what risk was he doing? I could do that. I can do that one. I I I wasn't thinking about what Conan fucked up when I said that. I was more or less thinking of you know the three names that you had mentioned are all involved with the high flying aspect to some degree, and uh, yeah, I I I'm gonna blame it on the weed. That's what I'm gonna do because currently in the state that I am in, I can barely keep my eyes open. They're they're just starting to permanently shut here. So uh, we'll see how uh, this you, goes. You've been nursing that joint for the entire show so far. No, it's gone. It's been gone for about 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. But Tra- Travis, up next, we have Chris Benoit, Ric Flair, and Steve McMichael taking, you know, representing the four horsemen, taking on Buff Bagwell, Masahiro Chono, and Scott Norton representing the NWOB squad. Or NWO International. Yep, yep, that's true. That is that is very true. I mean, if you want to say international, it's like U.S. and Japan, but yeah. So, Jeff Jarrett, he is on Horseman Probation. <laughs> Should be a TV show. Horseman and what does probation. that mean? He can't come out ringside when he's got a match in two segments? Oh, shit, that fucking sucks. Why did he get on horseman probation? Did he like shave his pubes? Because I know you know ha- Flair fucking hates hairless regions, so I don't know, man. Horse, uh, horse, horseman probation. I'm sure it's the uh, the three month probation that anybody has when they start working somewhere. It's like we can fire you from the horseman within three months. After three months, he's on probation. horseman pro. No, he's on horseman probation because he's not at ringside. He's like penalized right now because, <laughs> okay, we're going to foreshadow to what happens in two segments at the end of the Jeff Jarrett and Conan match where Conan can't even do a fucking midsection kick. <laughs> and right now, Tony Schiavone says that Jarrett is on horseman probation and he's not outside the ring with Deborah helping out his comrades and all that kind of shit. Okay. <sighs> oh, he says. <sighs> Well, you know, <laughs> he, <laughs> he's tried to fuck up a marriage. 
he stole uh, Ric Flair's walk. He uses the figure four. Wait. Wait, he stole his walk? Like his pan? Like his stir fry pan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you didn't know. Oh, he's, he's been seasoning it for 15 years. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, with that Fargo strut oil, right? Yeah. <laughs> now you know I'm, what I'm I'm going to be honest. I bring. I brain farted on the walk for a second. And... <laughs> I was legit confused yeah. by ass. <laughs> if I can't remember what the Fargo strut is, I should probably just stop doing a wrestling podcast, right? Hey, you know what, man? We <laughs> no, smoking a whole joint of mimosa to yourself right before the show will do that to you. I mean, I I I did the same with. Uh... Cocoa puffs, not smoking cocaine. Just, I mean, nah, Tyler is smoking cocaine. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's good weed at least. Uh, we would get, uh, you know, everything. There's so much NWO in this episode. Like, I feel like every second thing is NWO. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, I do really enjoy. The moment that Benoit and Chono go at it in this match. Oh yeah! Oh, that's that's like the only good. That's like where my notes. Well, yeah, like it starts with Buff Bagwell and Ric Flair, and it was the pandering you'd expect. You know, they pander to the crowd. Ric Flair does his bumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Greatest of all time. Benoit comes in, chops Chono like he's trying to fucking like chop down a tree. It was. <laughs> Fucking intense. Yeah. And Chono's selling is Japanese, like, strong style selling where, you know, he's just like, fucking keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's like that. Snap suplexes. Chono being fucking awesome. Benoit hitting a diving headbutt on him. Everything like that. I I, I thought it was great. And then Vincent comes out and ruins the whole damn thing. (laughs) Fucking Vincent. But it, it does continue the trend of really, really short matches ending in a fuck finish. Because, yeah, you know what? I would have been fine with seeing this. I would have been fine with seeing uh, Flair Norton go at it. And Norton and Benoit go at it, you know? Like, this could have been fun, but they just decided, oh, yeah, no, let's just put a bunch of matches that don't mean a goddamn thing on our show. Yeah. This one, this one would also go three minutes and thirty-one seconds, so it kind of just blends in with the rest of them. It's I wonder if not my thing. I wonder if they had a bet that if every match can go like three minutes and thirty seconds ish, that like I don't know, they'll get a pay-per-view bonus or a show bonus at the end of the night. <laughs> I'd say or they'll just get a lot. I say they somers. just wanted to go on to uh, to uh, the Las Vegas Strip and just be you know, full of energy. Ric Flair only wanted to work a couple yeah. minutes. <laughs> I'll do my five moves of doom, yeah. which includes a turnbuckle bump. <laughs> but I got a 60-minute Iron Man match tonight, so. More like 30 seconds. Uh, we get a hype video for Benoit and Sullivan, who are having another match, this time at Bash of the Beach, where the loser has to retire. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this match a lot. You know, it's it's been a good match each time, I feel. Uh, so I'm not really uh, upset to get it, but didn't they have a match at Bash to Beach last year? I feel I 
I don't know if it was Bash at the Beach, but I know it was Great American Bash last year. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, maybe it wasn't Bash at the Beach at all. Because I think it was. Um, I know that him and Sullivan have had two televised matches and one house match. So, yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. I don't know, but they're gonna pop a cork into this feud and Benoit is finally going to actually do some shit other than steal someone's wife. So that'll be nice to see, you know, considering if it goes well for the next six months. Cause I know that that whole Booker T storyline doesn't happen anytime soon. We won't <laughs> see that good shit, but no, you know, no. and, and so, no, I got not much to say about the next match coming up. Okay. So let me, let me let me just preface this, okay? It's a match between High Voltage, which is Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage, taking on Mortis and Wrath. They, you know, immediately into the match, Cat and Glacier show up and get involved, and it's a schmoz. Uh, so the match doesn't matter. Travis, I want to pick your brain about their music. High Voltage? Yes. High Voltage. Uh, terrible. Terrible. God. <laughs> God awful. You know, if it wasn't for WCW Mayhem, the video game for PlayStation 1 or N64 2, I guess, I would not know who Kenny Chaos is. I know, right? Mayhem. Yeah. Who's the other guy in high voltage? Robbie Rage. It's not Jim Powers. Robbie Rage. Oh. Oh wow, okay. I don't know I don't know who Robbie Rage is. Great name, buddy. They got that alliteration thing going down. You know, Robbie Rage, Kenny Chaos. Oh yeah, baby. Oh. The, what, what, oh wow! Yeah, it's the same thing that uh, that uh, oh, what's his name? He's dead now. Um, Stan Lee did in Marvel Comics like J. Jonah Jameson, Peter Parker. Okay, but just because Stan Lee did it in the '60s doesn't mean you get to do it in 1997. Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> I, I, I totally understand. <laughs> But, That'd be like calling like Jesse Custer in 1997, like Jesse James. Yeah, I know it already happened, but like, still, Jesse come jams. on, like Jesse James. <laughs> like, come on, bodacious Bart, bombastic Bob. <laughs> that shit doesn't work anymore. Like, fucking no. stop it. Come on. No, it, it definitely doesn't. Definitely. Bart doesn't. Gunn had to like legit knock out a bunch of fucking coworkers in order to get respect, and he didn't even get respect at that point. So why not? put alliteration in his name for that you know maybe, yeah. maybe they should do a brawl for all in wcw and just have robbie rage win the whole thing uh you know what else is an idea that we have seen over and over and over i, I suppose it could have been a novel idea at this point in time but in in 2020 a limo pulling up and not seeing who's in there i'm i'm so tired of that angle well wcw killed it and then we would do it for years and years and years and fuck, I'm pretty sure TNA decided to do it too. Of course. So it's yeah, probably not a limo, just a Corolla. And Tyler, there's another, there's another uh, little little segment type thing that is overused nowadays that we see in this episode. That I don't know if it happened much at this point, but Raven, new hire, just hanging out in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't, you don't. Okay, six would do it months ago but at this point we see it for every new hire in nxt when you know takeovers were going on and stuff but yeah we've seen it yeah. in AEW. yeah 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 it's something you do see a lot of you didn't see it so much here um but yeah no i yeah you're right you're right 
So, I mean, we'll get more into Raven. I mean, I probably won't get too much into Raven because it doesn't really do much in the episode. But, uh, Trust, do you have anything to say about your main man, Lee Marshall? Um, I think I took a hoot during Lee Marshall's Rogue Report, and then I spotted Raven, and I kind of like skipped back 10 seconds to catch the whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't catch Lee Marshall's Rogue Report. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed. Well, he is hyping the next show in Memphis, and he says that he's picked up many albums while he's in Music City, but he could not find a copy of Blowhard Heenan and the Wheeze Tones. Mm, leave had better work than that, my man. <laughs> That's not very great, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, you used to be great, but now you're just great. Great. So, Travis, I suppose you know we could probably just talk about Raven now. Because I mean, it does happen next. So. That that's why I brought it up. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I didn't. I, I think... thought it was a little later in the show, honestly. <laughs> and then I see it. Well, he does appear two more times. He does. So. That's where I was thinking. Yeah, no, he he's just sitting there. He's got his uh, Sandman shirt on. Yeah. You know, not ECW Sandman, no. but the comic book. He spits on the ground. Dope shirt. Oh man. Oh my fucking god. Okay. There's some that shit is like it, it's bothersome to me seeing that. <laughs> Why? It's it's not the spitting on the ground, but it's him wiping his nose in front of like Scott Hall at the end of the show. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you're you're main eventing this angle with the NWO, and you're sitting there as a viable threat, wiping your snotty ass nose. Well, I mean, I think it's more along the lines of he's a drug addict, and some some drug addicts have runny noses because of cocaine and such. After seeing lupus, I just kind of thought, oh, he's they just like to, you know, pick their noses and shit. This is <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I actually, I I feel like I heard a story where Raven bought drugs or something, or called for drugs while he was there. Like sat ringside? It, that wouldn't surprise me. And you know what also wouldn't surprise me is that the one wrestler that, that truly embodies the coke drip is Raven. <laughs> Runny nose and all, baby. Yeah, because Macho yeah. Man is not so much of the coke drip guy now. He doesn't have so much energy because he's too old. Well, I mean, call back to the uh, Battle of the Woos. Ding. Yeah. That coke drip dropped hard. That 1990 coke drip. Holy fuck, buddy. Uh, this would then lead us into uh, a match between Jeff Jarrett and Conan for the United States title and you know I I don't know how but this managed to get more than four minutes TV time it's like unheard of tonight I think I've uh, established what my thoughts on this match were you are not a fan of the the midsection kick Tyler, it was fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Conan, but like since day one of this podcast, you were not what I thought you were. No, you no. Good fucking god! Thank God you got a flannel coat on right now, so you actually got like an establishment of like some sort of coolness. But <laughs> it's all in the flannel coat. Jesus, 
Fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, this match would end with Flair coming down to the ring in his robe to assist Jarrett in getting the win with the figure four. And and just uh, the if the fucking spinning kick wasn't bad enough, the finish of this match made it even worse. Um, <laughs> no, you know what makes this even worse other than that? It's what happens after. I, well, yeah. I mean, Jarrett is, is hamming and hawing about being a part of the Horseman. And then Ric Flair basically says, you know, you're fired. <laughs> okay, Jarrett, Jarrett just... <laughs> From the beginning of this show, Jarrett is on probation. Yeah. He has this match. The leader of the Horseman helps him win. Yes. And Jarrett is unsure about staying in the horseman and then flair kicks him out and now jared is pretty much saying that i'm gonna put you out of the pasture <laughs> yeah like you kick me out of the horseman i will kill you <laughs> i'm gonna put the gun to your head and i'll pull the trigger that's literally what he says you don't think i'm gonna do it but when i wrestled china in 1999 i'll walk right out the door yeah I'll lie. I'll lay down for Hulk Hogan. I don't give a fuck. Don't piss me off. <laughs> Slap nuts. <laughs> uh, but uh, Flair would say that the only reason why they've kept him around so long is because the Queen liked the way he looked for a little bit. All this in front of Mongo. <laughs> oh, I thought he was talking about his own daughter, Charlotte. <laughs> She's a little young at this point in time, I'd say. 12? Nah, fuck anything goes with Rick, dude. I'll offer up my daughter. I don't care. I'm just not going to say anything after that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, throughout this show, there was really no other place to put this. There's no <laughs> real good way to to bring it in. So I'm just going to ham it up and say, hey, sometimes... Commentators make you want to hang, shake, and bash your head. Sometimes they make you just laugh. But by God, this is the art of commentary. We may have the unveiling of this impact player next or even a little bit later. Live on Conway <laughs> Champ had a big victory earlier. He's back there with uh, John Oakland and also Mark Madden. Who anchors up Ray Mysterio Jr. either has a broken leg or a, a, a knee that's destroyed. And Scott Norton is out. How many times, gentlemen, have we seen the same thing play out on our television screen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tony, you hit the nail on the head right there with that one. How many times will we see the same thing happen on our television screen? Are you shooting from the hip or is that just me? <laughs> right? Are you just happy to see me? Hey, folks, happy to see you. This show fucking sucks. Hope that you can trust me. Goodbye. <laughs> this would then bring us... I'm talking about WCW. I know. This would then bring us to Kevin Nash versus Rey Mysterio. The shortest match of the night. Clocking in a blistering speed of one minute and 48 seconds. 
Uh, Nash was good and ready, though. He briskly jogged down to the ring. He was fully <laughs> stretched out, prepared, everything like that. He was ready for the clinic that he was about to injure. Yes. And then Rey Mysterio would rush to the ring immediately, hitting a series of drop kicks. He would then get Nash off of his feet, but that's where it would end. Nash would then yeah. take over and pummel him for about a minute. And uh, he would then... Uh, throw Ray around the ring like really high in the air too like really high up there you then hit a jackknife powerbomb and get the win those jackknife powerbombs like it looked like he had a fucking sack of potatoes on his shoulder (laughs) it's just a body pillow like goddamn, he was throwing them around like he weighed nothing holy fuck I mean that goes kudos to Ray too oh yeah oh yeah for taking that and just so well and he would take so many more of them too, because like post match he would take two more while Conan watches. Yeah, I think he take he takes like three or four in total, right? Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, as we say, Conan's here. Conan, yeah. he's he's back. Yeah, he doesn't want to leave. He, he he he's he's ready to slip again. He's like, I gotta redeem myself from that slipper mat. Uh, he uh, you you know you you think you know. Looking back, no, like I I knew this was coming. I just didn't know when. But uh, back then, you might think that he's here to help his his fellow luchador, Rey Mysterio. But no, it was set up pretty weird. I mean, when when he hit the ring and Co- and Kevin Nash gave him that really cocky smirk. Yeah, the nod. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Um, this this is not ending well for Ray. No. No, definitely, definitely not. Uh, so Conan, but basically, I I don't know what a, a leg lock. I don't know what what is I it called mean? it an e bar. An an e bar. You are granny. A knee lock. What? That? No, that's the name. No, I know, I know. A wrist hold. It's a knee bar. What do you want me to call it? Like a like a calf pressing fucking thigh lock yeah, yeah come on yeah come on yeah I'm not I mean, fucking maro ronaldo here no no i mean like come on like a like a like a one-hand stump puller or something you know <laughs> a stump puller <laughs> stump puller i know it's i'm gonna not call a stump puller i know it's not i'm what I i'm mean, gonna like... say is that this move is like trying to pull apart two buckets that just won't pull apart. But he's <laughs> doing five, it to his leg. The five-gallon the five bucket juggle. <laughs> you know, you're just, on, you're just on your back. You're fucking... You got your grape frying in the buckets because it's just... The fucking... The airlock is just too much. And you're there and you're fucking prying and prying and prying. And all of a sudden it starts screaming and you're like, oh, wow, this is Rey Mysterio. Wow, fuck. Wow, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But this is obviously to get Rey off TV. Conan joins the NWO. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. It's all done. Rey Rey was making some blood-curdling screams here. Yep. <laughs> About as good as this promo. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Oh, so uh, 
Tanae then goes. I suppose we already talked about Tanae going to Raven. He spits on the floor. Won't talk to him about anything. It's really nothing of a pro, nothing of a segment. Just exactly what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I thought that he would have said something, but I think that that happens. Like that's the tease week after week is. Will Raven do one more thing? Will he talk? <laughs> Will he walk? Will he fight? Will he punch? Will he wrestle? Well, it would come so far as like Stevie Richards to come and talk for him. I believe it's... Uh, does he talk until he just gets upset at Stevie? Uh, he does talk next week. Does Stevie he? debuts next week as well. But it's all brief. It's in the crowd. So yeah. it's not as monumental as the main event angle. But it's something. Yeah. And speaking of... This main event. It's Diamond Dallas Page, Flexi Lexi. Sorry, DDPP, Flexi Lexi. And what did he call him? Full of warts, giant or something? The stinky wart infested giant. <laughs> but, anyways, they will be taking on the NWO. Not NWO International. We actually got the A team for this. Yes, yes. Kevin Ash, Randy Savage, and Scott Hall. Because. Hogan is partying with the Brotherhood. Do you think that the toupee was for Hogan or for Nash? Or for Mean Gene? I don't really... Well, it obviously wasn't for Hogan. The toupee was worn by the NWO, by Kevin Nash. But do you think it's Hogan's toupee? Well, it's not Hogan's toupee. I think the better question would be, who are they making fun of? I don't know, man, but when I see a toupee like that, it's brown brown hair right there hogan's got blonde hair what's hogan's beard look like it's black and blonde the dude just likes like likes those uh random odd colors going on there so maybe it's hogan's toupee maybe he likes to have uh you know you know like chestnut in the front silver in the back i don't agree <laughs> i i don't know i say we get away from the the wigs and uh, <laughs> and and go uh, and talk about the Outsiders collector pin set because there's nothing else to talk about this match. By the way, the match ends in a no contest because the NWO come in and attack everybody and anybody. And so, pin set. Yeah, the match like started as it ended. It was a blur. But yeah, the pin set. I, I I'm shocked. I I, did, I didn't expect Scott Hall to sell it so well and Kevin Nash to just not give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, Scott Hall's trying to act professional at the very end of it and everything like that, and Kevin Nash is like, when when the 10,000's gone, then they're gone for good? Like, you guys made 10,000 of these? <laughs> Wrestler pin sets. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. How much were they selling it for? Did, did did you catch that? I didn't catch it, honestly. No, I was hoping you did. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like twenty nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling. I mean, you're definitely paying shipping and handling. That's for sure. Come from the Pathetic. southern states, uh, so the NWO they would attack DDP. Uh, they show a guy dressed as Sting in the stands. It's obviously not Sting because he has short hair. So, 
That yeah. made no yeah. sense. Uh, Sting would then repel from the Raptors uh, to save DDP. And then, uh, you know, you would see a uh, a figure walking down to the ring. And who would that be, Travis? Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. Possibly the impact player. Tyler, how about that fucking suit, eh? Oh, what an ugly suit. <laughs> I, I like how he decides his suit colors based off of his ring gear. <laughs> Basically, that's uh, a gross-looking ring gear, that would be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as Kurt Henning walks down, Raven just hops the rails as well, which is not what I expected. I expected Kurt Henning to walk out face-to-face real quick, and then the show goes off air. But then Raven shows up, too, and he's wiping his nose in front of Scott Hall, who's ringside, who's already bewildered at Kurt Henning showing up. So at this point, you're like, well, what in the fuck is going on? Like, is Raven, DDP, Giant, Lex Luger, and Kurt Henning all going to be in a fucking faction together? That, that would that would be terrible. Well, well, lucky for you, they would forget all about Raven even existing for a few months. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, when I saw this, I was really surprised. So I was actually kind of intrigued. Like, oh, wow. Do they actually try and make Raven a viable threat for a couple weeks? But no. For a couple weeks, they try. And then they're just like, eh, give up. But it's not like he's standing up to the NWO. He's not like an anti-hero like Sting where he's, I'm on no one's side. I'm an outsider. I'm a loner type thing. He's kind of ambiguous. Like, you don't know what Raven going to do at this point yeah yeah so uh let's uh let's see here this show basically this show is done let's get through the rest of this because your <laughs> connection is getting worse and worse as the show goes on is i think we're both getting the same thing where it's just computer voices back and forth so next yeah, time it will uh, not be a yeah. friday when we record this i'd be goddamned. uh <laughs> Uh, but Travis, the next show is WCW Bash at the Beach, 1997. I'm going to quickly run through these. Uh, Mortis and Wrath taking on Ernest Miller and Glacier. Uh, Cruiserweight title match between Jericho and Dr- Ultimo Dragon. Uh, like we stated earlier, Stoner Brothers taking on uh, Chono and Muda. Uh, then we have uh, Garza, Juventud Guerrera, and Lizmark Jr., taking on La Parca, Psychosis, and Villano 4. Benoit and Sullivan. The best match of the night, Travis. Jeff Jarrett taking on Mongo McMichael. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a match of the year. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Randy Savage and Scott Hall taking on Kurt Henning and Diamond Dallas Page. Why those two? I don't know. And uh, Piper and Flair, and then Luger and the Giant taking on Rodman and Hogan. All in all, it sounds like a decent card, though. Oh, yeah. Like, out of it, there's one, two, three, four, five matches that are considered to be a recommended match. And there's only one, two, three. There's only eight matches. So. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a pretty good ratio if you ask me yeah yeah definitely definitely uh do you have anything else to say before we uh part ways sir 
Nah, nah. I'm nah. just, uh, just, 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 just doing my thing. Just there you doing go. my thing, respectfully speaking. Anyways, you can follow us on Twitter at the Federation. You can follow Travis on Twitter at FudgingUp333. Instagram and uh, Facebook is the Federation Podcast. T shirts at whatamaneuver.net. Uh, Patreon and PayPal. Become a member. Do it. Spend money. I don't care. Music by Mitch at uh, soundcloud.com uh, slash Audio, and you can check me out on SCL uh, every weekend talking modern wrestling and uh, Travis take it away in the meantime and in between time please wash your hands <laughs>